Pastor Xavier Reese on Receiving the Word of God. You can make plans for vacation, buy the ticket, but if you don't get on the plane, you ain't going to get there. Being around the gospel and hearing it does not save a person. There are a lot of people who are sitting in church today going to hell because they think because they go to a church that's popular, big, or active, that they're saved. They've taken the initial step, but you can't stop there. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Let's be honest. How many books have you started to read compared to how many you've finished? What about projects around the house? And now, just weeks into the new year, how are you doing with your New Year resolutions? Well, if you're like most, you probably have accumulated quite a list of unfinished things. But today, Pastor Xavier takes us back to the book of 1 Thessalonians, where he reveals the task list of the Apostle Paul, the finished task list. Let's listen. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. The message is entitled, Mission Accomplished. Paul has been the attorney for the defense regarding his ministry at Thessalonica from verse 1 through 12 in chapter 2. He has called and cross-examined three witnesses the Thessalonians, the missionary apostles, and God. The physical evidence, which he has pointed out, has been based on character, care, and conduct regarding the Thessalonians. The false allegations by the Jews regarding Paul and the others were exposed for what they were, lies and attempts to keep the Thessalonians from following Jesus Christ as their Messiah. Paul now moves to become the presiding judge who proclaims the verdict in verses 13 and 14. Paul's verdict about his ministry at Thessalonica is this, listen, mission accomplished. Look at verse 1 of chapter 2. For you yourselves know, brethren, that our coming to you was not in vain, not empty, not aborted, mission Accomplished. The Word of God accomplished what it purposed, and it always does, does it not? The Word of God is proclaimed, and two things will happen as the Word goes forth. Either it will be embraced, and salvation will come, or it will be rejected, and damnation is the only thing to look forward to. I want you to think about what I'm going to be saying, what Paul is going to be saying, because he's dealing with the matter of eternity. That decision is made in this side of heaven, not after you die. It's done here and now. And that's very important for you to understand very clearly. Another thing is that the verdict comes in a form of thanksgiving. The thanksgivings to God for He alone has done the work. That's important to Paul. All that God does, all that He's done in this church, all He's done in my life and yours, it's all God. God help us if it's a product of a man. It better be God. And so Paul's verdict consists of three proclamations. Let me read verses 13 and 14. For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of man, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. For you, brethren, became imitators of the churches of God, which are in Judea, in Christ Jesus, 
For you also suffered the same things from your own countrymen, just as they did from the Judeans. Here's Paul's verdict. It consists of three proclamations. First, the word of God is sown, or was sown. First part of verse 13. Secondly, the word of God took root. The latter portion of verse 13. And then thirdly, the word of God brought fruit. Verse 14. The word of God was sown, took root, and brought fruit. Three proclamations. This is his verdict. Mission accomplished. Notice first Paul thanked God because the Thessalonians were open to the word preached. The apostle and the others who are also called apostles as we've seen are thanking God without ceasing for the response of the Thessalonians. As they look to what has taken place, the only one they can look to is God. That is so important. Today, too much glory is being given to man. We can tell how we introduce our guest speakers. This is Dr. So-and-so and book writer and conference speaker and notar this, that, that. Paul says, I'm an apostle of Jesus Christ, a bond servant. Greet the saints at Ephesus. <laughs> The reason is stated in what follows for the thanks. Not as some would tell us that it precedes it. Right here, this is looking forward. The thanks and gratitude is to God who has provided the plan of salvation through the gospel. It is God's plan. The action of thanks is without ceasing. Meaning that as, whenever they came to think of the Thessalonians, whenever they kind of thought about what he had done, they thank him. It doesn't mean they were thanking him 24 hours a day. He's going to give us, as a matter of fact, later on in the close, in verse uh, 17 of chapter 5, pray without ceasing. He's talking about an attitude when things come up. That'd be the first thing we do. Uh, he's already given thanks in chapter 2, verse 1, or verse 1, he tells, he says, for you yourselves know, brethren, that I come to you is not in vain. So he's thanking God for that because the mission is accomplished. In chapter 2, verse 13, he gives thanks here. In chapter 5, verse 18, he gives thanks in everything, for this is the will of God. He's already given thanks in chapter 1, verse um, 2. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers. So he's constantly looking to God. He's thanking God because all that came forth was of God. They were the mere vessels. The Thessalonians have received the word of God. This is what he's focusing upon. Remember, he's been torn from them. They've been left behind. He doesn't know what's going on. Timothy has been sent. He's come back with the good news. Paul is elated now. The anxiety has been relieved. He's comforted. Now notice the word received. It's used as a technical term for receiving something formal or outward in tradition. Objectively. Someone listening and saying, well, that sounds pretty good. Well, that's, I can agree with some of that. The word is used of Paul for the gospel message in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 and 3 and Galatians 1, 12. The kerygma, the message of God. The word is used for Joseph taking Mary as his wife in Matthew one twenty. He took her unto himself. Notice they received the word of God which they heard from the missionaries. The word of salvation, the message of God was proclaimed to them through the agency of Paul and others. God has chosen in this lifetime to use man as the vehicle. I don't understand it. He has chosen to use men and women who, for the most part, the world would never use. He has chosen to use men and women who perhaps, for, by all purposes, would never accomplish anything. 
And He has taken them to be the voice of God, to proclaim His gospel. And in that proclamation, God's Spirit does a work that no one can understand, and He transforms a life. And people listen to the message, and they scratch their head. And people look at the response and the effect on the person, and they scratch their head. And it's God who's doing the work. In chapter 1, verse 5, he says, For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit, and in much assurance, as you know, what kind of men we were among you for your sakes. Mere human people, yet different. The Thessalonians heard the good news. The word heard comes from the word akua, which means the act of hearing of the message of grace in the past. They came, they proclaimed, they listened. Being open to receive God's word outwardly as they heard it was good and a very important step, but it basically consists of mental acceptance. If you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ, some of the things I'm going to be saying may sound good. You're open to them. It's a beginning step, but don't stop there. Being around the gospel and hearing it does not save a person. In fact, it only makes them more accountable in the judgment day. To those much is given, much is required. God's judgment is always according to the measure of light. There are a lot of people who are sitting in church today going to hell. Because they think, because they go to a church that's popular, big, or active, that they're saved. And they've just heard. And they hear over and over every Sunday. They've taken the initial step. But you can't stop there. You can make plans for vacation, buy the ticket. But if you don't get on the plane, you ain't going to get there. The plan of God is that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save man. 1 Corinthians one twenty one. Of all things that God has chosen, a vocal proclamation in the ear of the listener. That's what he's used. Amazing. He could individually just shout down from heaven, Hey, I want you. Or just quietly speak to a person. And he does that sometimes. Paul was such a man, too dangerous for any man to approach, so God saves him all on his own. <laughs> God does that sometimes, doesn't he? The fact that he would use human vessels to proclaim the good news of salvation is an amazement to me. The fact that it would be the Holy Spirit of God who brings conviction and salvation is a very rational thing to me. Nothing else can happen. It has to be Him. It has to be the work of the Spirit of God in your life. You have to see yourself as God describes you. You're lost, you're dead, you're headed for damnation. There's no nice way of saying that. It's just a fact. And for that reason, we are to plead with compassion and with, with tears for those who are lost because they do not know they're lost. We're not to be considering, oh, they'll think I'm foolish. Oh, they'll think I'm stupid. Who cares? They're lost. Notice, secondly, here, Paul thanked God because the Thessalonians opened their hearts to the word preached. This is the second step. They welcomed the word of God. The word welcome means to receive as a guest, willingly, personally, and inwardly, subjectively, beyond just an outward formality. You've embraced it. You've made it your own. The word is used of receiving a prophet in Matthew 10, 41. The word is used of receiving the kingdom of God, Mark 10, 15. 
They welcome God's word in their hearts, not merely their heads. There is billions of miles between your brain and your heart. Now the needed element that makes hearing effective is faith. We're going to get to that as we move along. Belief in the revelation being heard as it is activated by the Holy Spirit of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God, Romans 10, 17. This is God's mystery. He has worked it out. As much as you're going to leave here, get in your car, stick your key in your ignition, turn it. And it's going to start up. God has put the Word, the proclamation, the physical organ of the ear to listen and the Holy Spirit kicking it over. Now, how many here understand how your car turns over? Thank God you don't have to understand it to get home. But it works. I get in and I drive home. They welcome the word as divine revelation, not human speculation. This is very important. Not as the word of men. You remember Paul speaking to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 through 23. He says, where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. It pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For the Jew requests a sign, the Greek seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jewish stumbling block and to the Greek foolishness. Over in chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. He says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, I did not come to you with excellency of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Christ Jesus and Him crucified. Down to verse 6 and 8. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of this rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for His glory, in our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. If men could have looked upon Jesus and said, you know, He looks like the Messiah. Yep, He's God. Do you think they would have crucified him? Men by his own wisdom cannot conclude that Jesus is God. If they would have, then it would be a work of man and they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. So we don't try to make the gospel eloquent, palatable, attractive by our excellency of speech. Certainly we want to study. Certainly we want to present the gospel clearly, intelligently. But we use words to communicate to the common person. Very, very important. You remember Paul the Apostle, uh, as we've studied Colossians, uh, defined for them um, some of these organizations through human wisdom and words. In Colossians 2.8, he says, Beware lest any one of you cheat you through philosophy, phileo sophia, the love of wisdom. An empty deceit according to the traditions of men, according to the basic principles of the world, not according to Christ. There are many systems that are organized to make you feel comfortable, to make you feel good about yourself. Listen, the gospel is a cross. The cross doesn't make you feel good. The cross makes you feel guilty. The cross says you must die. But he says, I've got a deal for you. 
I've died in your place. You deserve to die. The good news is, I died for you. Notice he says, that is the word of men. But, here's the contrast. As it is in truth, the word of God. The word truth means indeed. Surely implying certainty. Affirming what it declares to be. What? The word of God. Have you ever noticed that God didn't begin Genesis by saying, Now listen, I know it's going to be hard to believe, but you know, I, I, I created the world. Oh, you don't believe me? He just says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Boom. Fact. God is not up there biting us. God doesn't have an inferiority complex. God's not up there saying, oh man, nobody loves me. I need some self-esteem. I got to love myself before I can love those creeps. We better thank God doesn't go by that philosophy, huh? Interesting. The word is used for the disciples towards Jesus when Peter was walking on the water and he got his eyes on the waves and the wind and he began to sing. He says, Lord, save me. And the word is used as the disciples said towards Jesus, truly, you are the son of God, Matthew 14, 33. <laughs> All scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's powerful correction, instruction, and righteousness that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished unto every good work. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture, theopanusto, God breathed, expired from God. His word. To make you a godly man, a godly woman. No other system will do it. Not philosophy, not psychology. Not 12 steps. Not 8 steps. Take the shortcut. One step to Jesus. That one step will take you to the cross. Second Peter 1, 20 and 21 says that no prophecy of the scripture is of any human origin. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as the Holy Spirit carried them along. What you possess in your lap, in your hands, is God's infallible, inerrant revelation of himself, your condition, and the plan of salvation. And he's big enough to preserve it through all these years. The gospel. We are born again of incorruptible seed, which lives and abides forever. 1 Peter 1.23 we are sanctified by the truth of his word. Your word is truth, Jesus said in John 17, 17, the holy of holies. You remember the parable of the sower? Depicts the word of God as being sown freely. But there's various soils, and the soils are different conditions of the heart. How they will respond. This morning, if you don't know Jesus Christ, you're here. And you either have a heart that is hard, and the word will just go off like water off a duck's back. Or your heart may be like the stony ground that will embrace it for a while with joy. But then persecution will come and you'll let go. You'll go back to the world. Or you are the thorny heart because of the cares of the world, the wealth, the riches, the pleasures, all of that. They'll choke the word out. And you say, ah, you know, too hard being a Christian. Or your heart is that good soil. At the end of the message, you're going to find out what kind of heart you have. Agrippa told Paul, as he witnessed to him about eternity and the kingdom of God in Acts 26, 28. He says, Paul, you almost persuade me to be a Christian. He only took the first step, intellectually. 
You almost persuaded me. Paul says, would to God that you were all together as I, except for these bonds. Hmm. John tells us in his first epistle that we are not to believe every spirit, but to test the spirits. Whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world in 1 John 4, 1 through 3. The spirit of God that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. The spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ did not come in the flesh or is coming in the flesh, he's not of God, he's of Antichrist. And that spirit is already here and will come in the ultimate end. It's real simple. Either you're hearing the spirit of Christ or the spirit of Antichrist. That's to divide it real simple. Jesus desires all of us to be good Bereans. Acts 17, 11. You should know that by heart. The Bereans were more noble, more honorable, in that they received the word of God with all readiness of mind and examined to see if those things were so. Every day, you need to put on your spiritual antennas and to say, is what I'm hearing truth? Is it biblical? Is it in its context? So you're not deceived. Too many people are quacking ducks rather than smelly sheep. I'll take a smelly sheep any day compared to a quacking duck. All the difference in the world. Many people following pipe pipers instead of the shepherd. Listen, sheep follow the shepherd. Rats follow pipe pipers. You'll know what you are by the length of your tail. <laughs> Jesus gave two warnings regarding our hearing. As the word is sown. And they're both found in the parable of the sower. In Mark 4.24 he says. We are to take heed. What we hear. What we hear. Discerning whether it's truth or error. What we hear. In Luke 8.18. We are to be, take heed. How we hear. How we're going to respond. Whether we're going to be doers of it. So we're to take heed. What we hear. And how we hear. What? Is it biblical? Or is it a lie? How? Do I embrace it and obey it? Or do I say, well, that doesn't apply to me. We must never confuse being open to the word of God from opening our hearts to it. Just being open to the word of God alone can bring great deception thinking that one is saved and safe within the church when in fact is under greater judgment. While opening one's heart will result in transformation, presenting one's body a living sacrifice, holding and acceptance to God, which is our reasonable service. Not being fashioned to this world system, but being transformed by the renewing of our mind to prove what is that good, acceptance, the perfect will of God. J.B. Phillips translation, don't let the world press you into its mold. Are you more like Christ's kingdom or the kingdom of this world? Now, I'm not talking about being weird, okay? Being a Christian doesn't mean be weird, okay? The boat belongs in the water. It's when the water gets in the stinking boat that the boat gets in trouble. We live in the world, but not of the world. Let's make that distinction, okay? Let's not get self-righteous. Let's not get real weird, okay? What are you like? Are you conformed or transformed? Only you can answer that question. And you should ask it. And you should find, and you will find sufficient evidence on one side or the other in your life. Pastor Xavier Reese 
and living for the Word or the world. The choice is yours. And you can find this program online to hear any portion you may have missed. Just browse for today's date in the radio listings link at calvarychapelpasadena.com. And we'll hear even more from today's study titled Mission Accomplished next time as well. But you can pick up your own copy, as always, on CD for only $4. And make sure you pass on this study to someone in your church or Bible study when you're through. Once again, the title to ask for is Mission Accomplished, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800 926 1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for telling us the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. Is there more than just one way to get into heaven? We'll find out on the next edition of Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 